Imagine there's a drastic political change in your country and you want to fight for your democratic rights. You are in possession of a volatile piece of information. The kind of information that could tear down governments, topple empires, bring civilization as we know it crashing down. What do you do? Do you release what you have? Who will believe you? Do you get more information? Who will help you? Do you go on the run? Do you even know how? The question might be how to vanish from one moment to the other. You will need special advice and gear to survive. Get prepared. Welcome to Artipus, art you can hear. Artipus visits Nina E. Schoenefeld's Hacker on the Run, Rise of the Black Wolf at Co-Galleries in Berlin. If this scenario were a video game, your character would probably be a hacker, which is very meta because real-life hackers play video games. Although, I suspect that video games actually play hackers. Regardless, you would have one of these three options. Go public, go rogue, go underground. But how would they play out? Let's say you release the information, exposing corruption and crimes that have cost lives. You become a hero of the people, but can you resist the temptation of fame? Can you continue to do the right thing even if everyone forgets your name? Or do you cling to your newfound notoriety, hole up in some embassy while Pamela Anderson brings you vegan cheeseburgers, make more and more ridiculous claims just to make sure you stay in the news and keep your famous friends, and cling tightly to your place in the very system you are trying to bring down? I mean, now that you belong. Oh, I'm sorry, that's reality. I mean, it's like that Salman Rushdie wannabe, Julian Assange, founder of WikiLeaks and self-anointed political refugee, holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy hiding from an imagined United States extradition, even though the U.S. government has never actually filed charges against him. Assange seems to be bent on making that U.S. fatwa happen, though, since he couldn't get the U.S. to prosecute him after releasing Hillary Clinton's emails and influencing the presidential election. Oh, Julian Assange, don't you understand America at all? I mean, we know you watch Baywatch. You'll never be prosecuted for destroying a woman's career. Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and a German hacker named Pango are the hackers and activists Berlin-based artist Nina E. Schoenfeld has based her Hacker on the Run series on. 
It's a long-term multimedia project that is shown partly on Instagram, partly at art galleries like co-galleries in Mitte, and partly as performance both online and in real life. And Schoenefeld's Hacker on the Run is not that kind of hacker. Not tempted by fame or Pamela Anderson, she is, in fact, a girl hacker. Who do exist in real life, by the way. But unlike so many of their male counterparts in real life, they stay anonymous, like hackers are supposed to do. Of course, for women in the hacker world, which is close to the gamer world, which is part of the 4chan world, being a woman, even online, is a dangerous thing. Maintaining anonymity is the best course for survival. And Schoenefeld's hacker is all about survival. Sometimes Schoenefeld's alter ego, sometimes not. The hacker, or Hacker 13 as she's known, is on a mission that turns into a journey, that turns into a quest, like all good adventure stories and video games do. She takes the gathering more information option, hacking into secret files and breaking into government secrets, amassing evidence to do nothing short of saving the world. Considering the doomsday clock was moved to half a minute closer to midnight shortly after Trump's inauguration, Thank God someone's doing it. Walking into the space at Co Galleries is a bit like walking into a video game. Ephemera and Detritus of the Hacker's Journey fill both rooms of the gallery. Little islands of tools and electronics and necessities dot the room. In the middle of the first room is a stack of briefcases, the topmost one open to a camera oozing the mercury from its own film. A lighter, a black rubber thing that could be a massage roller, could be a dildo. Hard to tell, but this is Berlin, so could be both. And a fetish, a doll constructed of found objects, animal fur, wood, and electronics, like a postmodern voodoo doll. The entire piece here sits both like a shrine, as well as a place to recharge, take stock, up your power levels so you can continue on your way. Hanging on the wall is a shiny gold prepper coat. It's constructed of a man-made viscose, but includes roller derby elbow pads, patches of fur, a flask, and a cutlass, one of those wooden guns used by pirates and stagecoach robbers. There's something very 80s about the coat, like Mad Max meets the Pet Shop Boys. I like it. Most of the items in the installation are found items and mark points along the hacker's journey. A vintage truth phone, a half-hidden 35mm camera perched in an arrangement of ferns and other leafy greens known as the plant of justice. On the other side of the room, a democracy lamp, still shining, dimly. And here in this room, along with the prepper coat, are more short video scenes from the hacker's journey. To Shanghai, to London, in parking garages, and ducking military helicopters. The hacker is being chased and has to make a decision. Go public or go underground. She opts for underground. In a display underneath the black vintage telephone of truth, the names of the individual pieces lend to the video game feel of the installation. A screen embedded in a small metal case plays a documentary about preppers, people who have trained in survivalist techniques, preparing for the end of the world as we know it, whether by nuclear war, global financial collapse, or natural disaster.
Going deeper into Hacker 13's universe, she has gone full rogue. She's wearing animal fur to keep warm, using a jerry-rigged hodgepodge of old walkie-talkies, telephones, and laptops to continue her quest. In the second room of the gallery, entered through a silvery curtain that acts as a divider between the hacker's earlier self and the person she becomes as she fully inhabits her quest. The hashtags accompanying the pieces morph from Hacker on the Run to You are destined to do great things. suspicious world of preppers is equipped with the bare necessities and a few outdated pieces of information storage. CD-ROMs, binoculars, a bottle of whiskey. Whiskey, of course, good for sterilizing wounds, numbing pain, and keeping spirits up. Occupying the middle of this room is another type of shrine, only this one fully dedicated to another fetish. Schoenfeld's fetishes remind me very much of the crystal and rag Pascal Poupet of Cameroonian artist Pascal Martin Tailloux. Schoenfelds are cobbled together mostly from found objects and mostly rusted electronics elements, but they are as fascinating and charming and fitting as Tayus. The fetish is a recurring theme in Schoenfeld's hacker-on-the-run world, and they're my favorite aspect of the world she's creating. These small religious tokens serve the same purpose as a St. Anthony's amulet, for example, and so many video games are based on biblical story structure and religious quests, Age of Empires, Mass Effect 2, Assassin's Creed, Schoenfeld's fetishes look exactly like the type of thing a game-playing, hacking 4chan kid would cobble together if they managed to survive the apocalypse and are out on their own. The rest of the pieces award a certain amount of athleticism and capability to Schoenfeld's hacker that I'm not sure would translate into the real world. Serious preppers are also all-rounders. They study some kind of self-defense system, Krav Magra, or Jiu-Jitsu. They're adept at both firearms and manual weapons, like the crossbow. They keep their bug-out bags in check with water purification pills, MREs, which, can I just say, if their meal's ready to eat, why do they have an expiration date? And if they're planning on heading into the woods or mountains, a stash of raw gold. They're also the kind of people who tend to see conspiracies everywhere. The Illuminati, the One-Worlders, the Masons. Always a small handful of people controlling the world and all the people in it. They refuse to be slaves and are suspicious of computers and smartphones and anything that can potentially track them. They are dedicated analog in an increasingly digital world and being a prepper is a great way to buck the technology trend. Not unlike their predecessors, the Mountain Men, those grisly souls who shunned city living and the Industrial Revolution to live rugged off the land in the American West. There is an overall feeling of the 80s in this installation, from the shiny fabrics to the heavy gold chains to the CD-ROMs the hacker is transporting data on. For me, this is totally relatable. Both Schoenfeld and I grew up in the 80s with the threat of nuclear apocalypse a part of our everyday lives. For me, this is totally relatable. Both Schoenfeld and I grew up in the 80s with the threat of nuclear apocalypse a part of our childhoods. But I wonder how relatable it is to millennials and Generation Z, for whom most of the elements in this work are pure vintage and puzzling. We did such a good job shielding our children from growing up with the background terror of nuclear war, they don't even know it existed. So I wonder if, to younger generations, this work is merely a curiosity. On the other hand, I wonder if hipsters can survive in a post-apocalyptic world. 
In a way, Schoenefeld's installation at co-galleries reminds me of those team-building escape rooms, except here you can escape. In fact, it's all about escape and survival, and not at all about team-building. In the world of preppers and conspiracy theorists, it's every man for himself. In fact, in prepper lingo, they often call the expected masses who haven't prepared for catastrophe or apocalypse zombies. The folks like, well, me, I guess, who will show up at your fallout shelter looking for handouts. And of course, zombie movies and prepper cults go hand in hand. There's a reason The Walking Dead is one of the most popular television series in America. Small pockets of survivalist communities are formed, but you can't trust each other. You can't really rely on each other. You stay exactly where you are, in a dystopian hell, on high alert, suspicious of everything, trusting no one but your own beliefs, your own fetish, ready to turn on each other at any moment. Just like the hackers, the gamers, the 4chan folks. Anonymous, fending for themselves, trusting no one, just waiting for the world to end. What's disturbing is, the conspiracy theories don't seem so far-fetched anymore. The world is on the brink of war and edging closer every day. Real-life hacktivists like Assange and Snowden and even the group Anonymous are making sure of that, while the politicians and world leaders are doing their part too. The most disturbing thing, though, out of all of them, the preppers, the hacktivists, the conspiracy theorists, even the politicians and the gamers, none of them are actually doing anything to stop it. But as George Romero pointed out in The Night of the Living Dead, we may not enjoy living together, but dying together isn't going to solve anything. She's still got a job to do, a destiny to fulfill. The last we get to see of her in this installation is in Canada, dressed in furs, staring out over the vast white wilderness, letting the pure snow fall from her hand. She just has to keep moving, keep hoping, keep going. She just has to survive. She's out to save the world. She has the key. So, what would you do? Nina E. Schoenefeld's Hacker on the Run, Rise of the Black Wolf, is on view until March 16th at Co-Galleries, located at Torstrasse 170 in Berlin. You can follow Hacker on the Run on Instagram at hashtag Hacker on the Run, all one word, or by following Nina E. Schoenefeld at Instagram.com, Nina E. Schoenefeld, that's S-C-H-O-E-N-E-F-E-L-D. The original tracks in this week's episode are Planet Earth and La Bestia, mixed by DJ and composer Amadeus Joseph. Find him on Facebook or follow him on SoundCloud at Amadeus Joseph. (laughs) 
Find artists and exhibitions in your city and everywhere you go with Glarify, the world's first art map app. The interactive global mapping tool that lets you locate artist studios, openings, and exhibits in your town and around the world. Become part of your local art scene. It's free. Glarify is an official partner of Artipus. Visit Glarify.com. Artipus is a proud supporter of Prana, the platform for the homeless. Prana is a digital platform bridging the information gap between volunteers, organizations, and the homeless, providing direct connections to real-time information about food, shelter, clothing, medical help, and more. Help the homeless by helping Prana grow. Visit Prana at www.prana-deutschland.de. Artipus is written and produced in Berlin by Susie Collett and broadcast on World Radio Paris in France and Indie Republic in Germany and in the U.S. on 89.3 FM Chaos Community Radio. You can also stream us on SoundCloud or download us on iTunes. Just search for Artipus, A-R-T-I-P-O-E-U-S. And you can see photos and read transcripts of this episode and more at artipus.com. Artipus, art you can hear. 